welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again with episode number 176. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have no beans on the line with me, but a special guest. Tonight we have Mr. J Mud. How's it going, mate? I am very well, thank you, Shorty. How are you? Uh, I'm also doing very well. It's uh, very good to hear. It's It's been quite a while since we've I mean, since we've seen each other or, or spoken, but uh, ages since we've had you on the podcast. I think, I think you said you've been on here at least twice, maybe three <laughs> times. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, last time you guys made the mistake of allowing me on the podcast, I was talking about the law the history yes, of the right. law of magic. Deep on the law with, and, with Chewy, I, yes. I, I had to force Chewy. Chewy had to give me the wind-up <laughs> about 80 minutes in, and I was just getting going. So you haven't welcomed me back since. Look, what, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, well, we've got you on today for uh, a very special episode for uh, for Doctor Who. So we're, <laughs> we're going off the magic train again. With, uh, for Thos. This uh, this could be another very long one. We will see how we go. But yeah, glad to have you back again. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, yeah, if you want to get carried away and make me edit a two-hour episode, well, it might not come out till Friday or Saturday. Feels <laughs> so, we go. Feels unlikely. I could chew your ear off for two hours back, Doctor Who, as you well know. I just haven't done the yes. research. <laughs> yep, yep. No, well, I mean, the, the, I'm sure there'll be plenty for us to talk about, so yeah. we will get into that. We've got a, a couple of quick topics to hit on first, and then we'll get into that. But before we do... Mr. J-Mud, you get to do the sponsor shout-out. So, who are the sponsors of The Magic Beans? I feel very honoured to shout-out for our mates Josh and Pat's at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Their website, jpmtgbazaar.com.au. But I know them from their Facebook space, where one gets to pop on and bid for individual cards. And I believe you could just buy them outright, too, if you're there at the right time. Is that right, Shorty? That is correct. Yes, they have their win it now lots. Awesome. Pat, Pat puts them up with a price and you can just grab what you want. If you're like me, the only real fun to be had is trying to pip Chewy at the post or <laughs> or these days perhaps Chewy's beanbag at the post. Yes, She's yes, Jen. To, there's lots, lots of fun to be had there. Yep, yep. She uh, she actually won a uh, a giveaway from Pat not that long ago, which is quite interesting. <laughs> I, I missed that. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, no, well done, Mr. J-Mud. You, uh, you've got the sponsor shout-out, so, yeah, go and check them out. Bid on some stuff and tell them that the Beans sent you when you do win something and, yeah, get in on all the giveaways. So, let's get into the first couple of topics. We had an arena championship. Now, you did mention to me earlier on you have not really super been keeping up with current state magic, but there was an arena championship on, I think it was actually last weekend. Do you, do you know what they are, the arena championships? I remember the Arena Championships, yes, but it's, it's been yep. a while since I paid attention to them. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, they are effectively the equivalent of the, the Pro Tour, like the Paper Pro Tour, but on Arena, but they just don't seem to attract the same sort of prestige. They're smaller events as well. They're only like 32 players. So, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're just not quite the same. They, they still have coverage. They still have commentary, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, not, not quite the same. But, yeah, we had one quite recently, which was Historic and Wilds of Eldraine Draft. And it was taken down. I thought Cracker was going to be on the podcast. And I'd be super excited about this. Taken down by Senior Saito on Is It Wizards? Oh, nice. What what is what on earth is going on with Is It Wizards? We do have a deck list here, J Mud. It's basically just 
it's just the wizards that you would expect. You know, your Dreadhorde Arcanists, your Soul Scar Mages, Balmores, and then a bunch of spells. Wizard Lightning, Slider Hands, Reckless Charges, Expressive Iteration, all that sort of good stuff. There is one alchemy card. Aha, uh-huh, what's that? In this deck list, which is a card I've never heard of. We obviously we don't we don't really talk about alchemy, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it twice tonight. That's, that's we're getting right off the rails. Symmetry Sage is a, an alchemy card that I've never seen. It's a single blue for an O three human wizard with flying, and it has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, target creature you control has base power three until end of turn. So right. obviously it can target itself and become a three three flyer. So yeah, not what I would have expected to be winning a historic event. Apparently, is it Wizards won the last historic event as well? Just gets in there aggressive enough. Mm. Uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist and Balmore Battle Mage Captain look like fantastic targets for the Symmetry Sage. Yeah, yep. Yeah, de- de- definitely Dreadhorde Arcanist. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, being able to cast a three-matter spell out of your uh, out of your graveyard without paying its cost is pretty nice when you've got cards like Wizards Lightning. And uh, a Lord of the Rings card, Flame of Anor. I didn't even know this card existed, but one blue-red for an instant. Choose one. If you control a wizard, you can choose two instead. Target player draws two cards, destroy target artifact, or it deals five damage to target creature. Seems good, Seems especially when you good. get the card for free. Mm. Well, and, and you get two pings, and you get to duplicate it because of th- yep. because of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Seems good. Yep. All right. So yeah, that was that was historic. <laughs> We've not touched historic for ages. We probably won't again for for quite a while. So, if you are playing historic, I would definitely be going and checking out that deck. I mean, if we were playing historic, I would definitely be playing that deck. It looks like a lot of fun, and it's right in my wheelhouse. But uh, yeah, we're kind of not. So, on with the next thing: more alchemy. It's not Doctor Who. Are we talking about Doctor Who yet? No, we're, we're uh, not. We're not quite there yet. Uh, okay. We have more alchemy things to talk about, which is uh, yeah, not not the best, but. After the uh, the historic event, they came out and rebalanced a couple of cards. Now this is this is interesting, not from the alchemy point of view because we don't really care about that, but just interesting from a magic point of view. The two cards that they rebalanced are Orcish Bowmasters and the One Ring. Now I know you haven't been keeping up super with magic stuff lately, but these two cards are having a huge impact on the modern format. So interesting to see that they've decided to rebalance these because they are quite strong in, in modern. Remind, remind the viewers, because I'm, I'm totally across it, uh, well, remind yep. the, 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 the listeners. <laughs> remind the listeners and, and you. Bow, yeah. Bowmasters. What does Orcish Bowmasters yes. do? So previously, so it's a one and a blank for a one-one Orc Archer with Flash, and previously it had an ability that was when it enters a battlefield or an opponent draws a card except for the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, it deals one damage to any target and then you amass orcs one. So you make a an orc token and then if you've already got the orc token then it just gets bigger and bigger like we had with the zombies a while ago. So fantastic in modern people... Uh, so you could flash it in, you could kill uh, like Ragavans, things like that. Like anything that had one toughness, uh-huh. any uh, Lanomar Elves, any, any sort of mana dorks, anything with one toughness, it was just no good in modern because you just flash in your Bowmasters and ping it down and you get a 1-1 Orc and a 1-1 uh, Amass token. So very, very strong. And then obviously if you're playing it in response to some sort of card draw spell, then it becomes bigger and, and so on in Legacy, super powerful. So... In Alchemy, they have taken out the Enters the Battlefield trigger. So it is now just your opponent has to draw that second card. Right. So that definitely 
uh, puts down that power level of, of the Bowmasters. That was all about the ETB. Oh. Yeah, yeah, mostly. And then the one ring, they uh, which was four mana legendary artifact, indestructible, when it enters the battlefield, uh, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn, which is super powerful, particularly in modern. You can take your fourth turn off and uh, give yourself protection from everything until the end, end of your next turn, or until your next turn. Uh, and then it's got the beginning of your upkeep. You lose a life for each bird encounter on it, and you can previously, or in, in modern, you can tap it, put a bird encounter on it, draw a card for each bird encounter on the ring. So in alchemy, they have put a one mana tax onto that, which ah. I think does make quite a big difference because previously you could play it on turn four, and in your opponent's turn, you tap it, you draw a card, you get to your turn, you can tap it again, draw two cards, lose. Or lose one life and then draw two more cards off of it. So you could basically get three cards out of it for four mana and one life. And that was plus the protection, <laughs> which is pretty nuts. And uh, yeah, it's definitely why it's seeing a lot of playing in modern. Adding the single mana cost is just going to s- slow it down just that little bit more before yeah, it goes yep. off. Yep, exactly. And, so- and in modern, that's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, these, this is just for alchemy. This is not what we're seeing in modern, but it, it is just interesting to see that they've they have hit these two cards, and you know, it does that does that signify that Wizards thinks these cards are too powerful, and you know, potentially they will get a ban in modern when they're not uh, the current hot in print <laughs> product, and Wizards feels like banning them. Uh, who knows? But uh, we'll see. But that is enough alchemy. We we don't need to talk about that. Good thing they can adjust the one ring rather than having to ban it. You wouldn't want to be yes. in, the, in, the, in the seat of the person who has to ban the one ring. <laughs> no, not after uh, yeah, printing that set. So, not after yeah. selling it, <laughs> selling that one unique one for however much. Yeah, yeah, much yeah two million bucks or whatever. Yep. All right, so that's a couple of topics we wanted to touch on. We're gonna yeah basically spend the rest of the episode talking about Doctor Who. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, both you and I are buying the Commander set. So we have four Commander decks for the Doctor Who, and they are about half new cards, I think, from, from memory. There's a bunch of reprints. There's a bunch of reprints with cool Doctor Who art, but, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of new cards. And i got to say, they've, they've really, really hit it out of the park with, with these sets. They are... They are very, very good. Very, very cool deck list. Very, very cool cards, cool art, cool naming. Just if you're a Doctor Who fan, you are all about this. Now, I thought we probably should qualify why we have you on here to talk about this, J-Mud. Now, okay. I, came to, I came to your house <laughs> whenever that was, I don't know, probably a year ago now. You hosted me for dinner, which was very Time nice flies. with your family. And we, we played some magic and that was good. And, and then you showed me your pride and joy in your, uh, in your garage. Not my magic collection. No. Not your magic collection, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it? <laughs> it was my Doctor Who book collection. Mm. So, I don't collect anything silly like magic cards or no, no, who statuettes would or Warhammer figurines. No, <laughs> I, I've got shelves and shelves and shelves full of Doctor Who novels. I going have all ha- of back them. how far? Oh, they're going right back to 1963, Shorty. Mm, so yes. I've got a couple of the originals from the uh, the first time they decided to publish a Doctor Who story in novel format. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Very impressive collection, and you you had a bunch of like 
DVDs and all that sort of stuff as well. But yeah, not so excited about those DVDs. No, no. yeah, no. Who's, who's even final. got a DVD player these days? Exactly. It's very <laughs> difficult to part to play. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so if you're not a Doctor Who fan. Yeah, this, you know, you may want to tune out now, but uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I think you still want to hang around and listen. We're going to obviously talk about the cards themselves and yeah, get into some some Doctor Who specific stuff. But if you don't even know anything about Doctor Who, Doctor Who is a show, a British show, it was on the BBC. It started in 1963, so it is 60 years old. This this year we have some 60th anniversary episodes coming out that That's I'm right. quite looking forward to. Which is pretty nuts to say that a show is sixty years old. That's 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 pretty impressive. There was twenty five or twenty six, I think, series of the original that 26. came out from sixty seventies into the eighties, I think. And then uh, yeah, and then the can- the show got you know numbers dropped and it, it kind of got a little bit out of fashion and uh, and it got cancelled. I think there was then a movie somewhere in the middle there. There was. And then it got, it got rebooted in 2005 with uh, Christopher Eccleston playing the, the Doctor and uh, Billy Piper as the Doctor's companion. And, yeah, it did, did really well. And, and it's been running ever since then with a whole bunch of different Doctors. If you don't know, like, what Doctor Who is, you know, the, the basics of, you know, who Doctor Who is like? What is Doctor Who? Well, like, give give us give us the quick rundown of you know what Doctor Who is, Jamie. It's really interesting to sort of consider Doctor Who as the quintessential British hero because he exists in stark contrast to the other quintessential British hero, James Bond. Right? <laughs> yes, so, yes, very much so. so. You, uh, everyone knows James Bond. Well, the Doctor is very British, um, even though he's an alien. And he doesn't do solve his problems with violence and by killing people and sneaking around. And uh, he solves his problem using his brain ostensibly. So he's the so the 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 British hero that uh, wins the day through uh, solving uh, through communication and magical solution magical science fiction fantasy solutions, which of course none of us could ever replicate because he's an alien from outer space <laughs> with advanced technology. But that's not the point. The point is he's nonviolent and he's a nice yes. guy. And uh, most of the time, most of the time he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the doctor, the doctor has yeah, as, as you said, I, I sort of hadn't really thought about that, like being. Opposite almost to uh, someone like James Bond. Yeah, he doesn't have a gun. He never never uses guns. Or I think he holds a gun in one episode. Really? He has a he has a screwdriver, a sonic screwdriver, which is <laughs> it's like a wand almost, like a Harry Potter wand. The the amount of things you can do with a sonic screwdriver are impressive, except for open wooden wooden doors, as uh, gets referenced plenty of times in the show. But it it's you know a screwdriver is a tool that you use to fix things. You don't break things or kill things or whatever with a screwdriver, you use it to fix things. And that, and that just like really sums up Doctor Who. It is, it's a, a, a really positive show. It has a lot of interesting themes and sort of subtext and, and commentary on, on social issues and things like that. But at, at the end of the day, it is a pretty lighthearted and uh, you know, drama slash comedy type thing. But yeah, re- really fun, really interesting and, and great. The key, I don't know if we've actually mentioned it. The key, the key thing is that, of course, he's got his magic time-traveling TARDIS. So, yes. uh, it's time and space. It can go anywhere and anywhere. And as a result, the show's creators over the course of 
60 years have taken sources of inspiration from just about every genre for, you know, the given adventure at the time. And yeah, that's, that's all. That's all part of the fun. Your favourite yep. compa- companion and doctor could one day be very science fictiony and out of space, taking on space pirates, and then the next day be dealing with drug smugglers in 18th century English backwaters. Yeah. Um, so uh, th- that's definitely all part of fun. They're the same characters progressing through many different genres. Yeah. So you have. The Doctor. So the Doctor is, as J. Mudd said, he's, a, he's an alien. He's from the planet Gallifrey. He has two hearts. He is a uh, time he, lord. He is a time lord, yeah, which will be referenced in the, a bunch of the cards that we look at. Oh, yes. He, yeah, he's super smart, all that sort of stuff, but he regenerates. So if you, if you ever, you know, you see anything related to Doctor Who, you'll see that there are different Doctors. So there are... 13 Doctors, 14, there's a new wow, one coming out soon. that's right, yeah. 13. There's a, there's a couple of weird ones that we don't know about that kind we of- We don't need to go into those. No. <laughs> but yeah, the Doctor regenerates. So from a show perspective, you, you would have two or three seasons-ish of a Doctor and then they die, basically, and they regenerate as a new person. They are still the Doctor- but they have a new personality. They have new quirks, and 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 so they get a new actor in, and they have you know new style, and they have their new spin, and they you know they they'll dress differently and act differently and all that sort of stuff. And then to go with the doctor, you usually have a companion, and the companion is sort of the person who it's the person that you relate to. They are a, or usually a human, and so they're the they're the sort of the average normal everyday person that you relate to as this person gets to go on these fantastical adventures with. The doctor in in his TARDIS cruising around, or in their TARDIS cruising around, and and doing all these wonderful things, and yeah. So the 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 shows will have each each episode will generally be individual. It'll have its own you know thing and storyline for that episode. But then there's the overarching ep, uh, uh, sort of storylines through each season, and then they cross over to different seasons and so on. So very good show. Can highly recommend. I I haven't gone back and watched all the old stuff. Have you watched the old stuff? Jay Mudd, have you just read all the books? Or uh, I've done, uh, yes, quite a bit of the old stuff. Uh, yep, yep. As, as well as the reading, yes. Yeah, Over the years. Yeah, I, I haven't. I've, I've watched random episodes here or there, but haven't really gone back and watched it. But the, the new stuff is very good. It's Yeah, it is very British. It is very sort of camp and lighthearted. Can but be, it is, yes. It is fantastic. Uh, and I would definitely uh, recommend that people go back and watch it. It is a little bit hard to actually watch these days in Australia because it's all sort of getting taken off the various streaming services and being put onto BritBox. So you might have to find find a way to watch it. Let me update you on that. Uh, um, actually, it's all going onto Disney+. Plus. Oh, is it really? Yes. Disney Plus okay. has purchased the global distribution rights for the new series, okay. uh, which I expect will mean Disney Plus shows all of the back stories of the modern series. I'm nice. not so sure if that will include the classic, but Disney Plus okay. is where you need to be for the new series going forward. Very good. So, yeah, definitely check it out. It is very cool. If you only ever watch one episode of Doctor Who, the one that always gets recommended to people is an episode called Blink, uh, which we'll oh, probably yes. talk about tonight uh, with the Weeping Angels. can be a little it's scary, not in a like horror scary thing, just in a, oh, man, this... This is not a not super lighthearted. Uh, oh, we be definitely scary. terrified our children <laughs> with, with our. My wife purchased a weeping angel statue to put on the top of the Christmas tree, <laughs> and it moved around the house uh, and <laughs> frightened the living daylights out of my children. So uh, 
That was quite good. If you watch the episode, you will understand why that is scary. So go and check it out. Uh, yeah, very cool show, and yeah, we're going to uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit of a background into the stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. So well, you're going to get a lot more background as we look at individual cards and explain why they are awesome. Yes. All right. Well, we better get into them. So I'm I'm going to sort of mostly hand over to you on this one, J Mud, as we did in oh. the uh, in the <laughs> Vorthos lore episode. You're you're the lead on this, so you start where we want to where you want to start. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll take the first deck, uh, uh, okay. since, we, since we're talking about the classic series, uh, I'll introduce, well, they've got four decks, have we, we haven't really gone through the decks yet, but we have four no, separate no. deck builds, and they are, they are well designed, They're, they capture four clear different elements of this series' history. The first one, which we'll be looking at, is called Blast from the Past, and it captures the classic Doctor Who era. That is the original 26 seasons that you were talking about earlier with the first eight Doctors. There was only seven Doctors in the TV era, but then the eighth Doctor came along in that movie that was in the middle of the 90s. Yes. So yep. they've got they've, they've wedged him in there in the blast from the past box. Box is jam- I'll, I'll, I'll go through it in a second, but that box is jam-packed full of, those, of many different Doctors and companions, and they've squeezed in quite a few references to classic TV episodes at the same time. The other three boxes that hopefully we'll have time to go through, one focuses on all of the popular villains of the series, both classic and modern. Uh, and there's a lovely collection of, of bad guy references through, uh, throughout the whole deck. Uh, then you've got two decks remaining that focus on the modern TV series, the modern Doctor Who storylines. The first one called Timey Wimey, encompasses the 9th, 10th, and 11th Doctors. I think those are the most popular ones from the the, the start of the Revival era. Yeah, they're most def- definitely my favourites. Most importantly, it features lots of rows and lots of uh, references to the 10th Doctor, which is the David Tennant Doctor. David Tennant, yes. Clearly yep. the most popular Doctor of the modern era. Uh, he's not He's not my favourite. He's not my favourite. No, he doesn't have I'm, to be. I'm a, I'm, Matt Smith. I'm a Matt Smith fan. You're certainly welcome to be a Matt Smith fan. I like him too. <laughs> but uh, most people recognise David Tennant as being yes, the, yes. the most popular. Um, and the last deck is called Paradox Power, and that's got the the most recent Doctor, the 13th Doctor, that's if people will recognise her as the female Doctor that we had recently, and the 12th Doctor, who was magnificent, Peter Capaldi. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a bit different. I think, well, 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 we'll get to them, but just quickly, the timey-wimey and the paradox power, they stand out above the other two for being decks with mechanical themes in addition to references to the modern uh, Timey Wimey is going to be my favourite because it's all about suspending cards in time mm. and vanishing cards. And I started playing Magic the Gathering during Time Spiral, and yep. so I really there's no coincidence that I really enjoyed discovering Magic during Time Spiral because I had lots of mucking around in time, and I've always been a fan of Doctor Who. So now we've got Doctor Who cards. Of course, they've got full of suspended cards and vanishing cards with time counters on them, so uh, I'm looking forward to playing that one. Paradox Power is all about casting cards from Exile and being rewarded for that. Not not just from Exile, sorry. Casting cards from spaces other than your hand, so you yes. get rewarded for casting them from the graveyard, from Exile, from on adventure. There's a few other things like that. And that's sort of all within the idea of what a paradox is. 
Anyway, let's quickly go, go through the Blast from the Past deck, right? This is full of classic Doctors, eight of them, and a bucket load of companions. Guess how many companions there were in the classic series over the course of 26 uh, seasons, surely? I would say maybe 18? Good guess. I have no idea. I didn't count. But uh, <laughs> okay. lots is the answer. Well, you're going to yeah. score score points on the quiz you're going to do tonight. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, lo- there are lots and lots, lots. of companions, Yeah, there was definitely right? a lot. Yeah. And uh, quite a lot of them have been represented in this deck build. But not all of them. And there are, there are uh, many from the first two Doctors back in the 1960s that they haven't bothered to represent with a card. Um, and even a modern one, actually. I'm going to give a shout-out to one of the later companions. Her name was Mel and was one of the Seventh Doctor companions. And no one likes Mel. Poor Mel. <laughs> she doesn't even <laughs> Just- get a magic card. But every nope. companion from the third Doctor, the fourth Doctor, the fifth Doctor, the sixth Doctor, and the seventh Doctor are here, except for Mel. So, shed a tear for Mel. Yeah, shed a tear for her. So, this deck is chock a block full, as you can imagine, with legendary creatures. Every companion is a legendary creature, and every Doctor is a legendary creature. So, if there is a mechanical theme going on here, it's about rewarding the player for loading up on legendary creatures and all of them with their own special abilities of course there's a number of cards that support bringing doctors back from the graveyard or digging them out of the library and putting them in your hands or cheating them into play Um, and uh, for example there's a reprint card here called day of destiny um, which you may recognize which says it's a legendary enchantment and it says legendary creatures you control get plus two plus two so Given that your deck is absolutely full of legendary creatures, that's... Well, I just looked and there is literally one non-legendary creature, which is Displaced Dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Every, every other creature in the entire deck is a legend, so... Exactly. I'm seeing a lot of uh, his- references to historic cards, uh, which is... Yes, that, that, that works with the, car- the colours. This yeah, deck is... Artif- artifacts, legendaries, and sagas are all historic cards. Exactly. And so if they're not a legendary creature... They are artifacts. The artifacts are fun, but uh, I'll, I'll mention one or two of those. And there are he- there are good. There's a good collection of sagas. I love the sagas in all four of these decks. They're my favourite bit because, as is appropriate, the sagas represent specific stories, and the stages through the star- sagas, most of the time, uh, really hit the spot for flavour-wise for representing what went down in that very popular story. And the, and the artifacts are a, a lot of the artifacts are reprints, you know, sort of staple commander artifacts. But you've got a couple in here which are specifically Doctor Who, like the Sonic Screwdriver, uh, the TARDIS. TARDIS is yep, worth a course. mention here. It's a yep. two-four flying vehicle, as it should be, with crew two. So that means pretty much any Doctor can single-handedly crew it. And it says whenever the TARDIS attacks, if you control a Time Lord which is the Doctor, the next spell you cast this turn has Cascade and you may Planeswalk. Now, Planeswalk, we, that's something we haven't mentioned in this, but this yeah. these Commander decks come with Planes, as in like Plane Chase Planes, which I've never played with. Have you... No, have you I've never plane played Plane Chase, no. but I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, apparently so am I. <laughs> which is... Yeah, so uh, the idea being that when, whenever... I, I believe whenever one plays Plane Chase... 
every single uh, there's always a plane which all of the uh, the the players are occupying in the given time so if there's a planeswalk event then it changes the planes but the planes are all, have always got a static effect and a chaos effect for example i'm going to pick out oh how can i not pick out unit headquarters picking out <laughs> unit headquarters from this deck says when you planeswalk to unit headquarters and at the beginning of your upkeep create a tapped 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token. So basically, so long as you're sticking around in unit headquarters, all the players start accumulating white soldier units, uh, white unit soldiers, which makes total sense. Um, yes. And if chaos ensues, then put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So I'm assuming there will be cards that reference chaos ensuing? Yes, I've seen a few uh, of those. I, I don't know what that means. But- yes, there are, there are some cards which ensure that chaos happens. Yes. Sure. I would assume probably a bunch of the bad guy cards. Yes. Actually, one off the top of my head, there's one of the villains. I remember noticing that she was responsible for triggering chaos. I'm going to mention the art on unit headquarters. It's wonderful. Oh, it's a all, the, all the plane chase cards are very, very cool. All, all, it's worth mentioning all of the cards, not just the, not just the original Doctor Who cards, but all of the reprints have unique Doctor Who flavoured art of yeah. that reprint. Yeah. Uh, and so if you know what you're looking for, even the rare lands have a subtle reference to a specific episode in them. So, you know, if you're a Magic fan and Doctor Who fan, you're you're, you're on cloud nine <laughs> looking through these things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's, fla- there's little bits of flavour text everywhere that's just like, oh, goodness me, that's, you know, yes. this quote from this episode and, yeah. I have cool. been enjoying myself. The, the the picture of unit headquarters that I'm looking at right now is is is, is the classic unit headquarters building being disappeared into uh, into uh, the negative universe from the Three Doctors classic adventure. So I love to be able to look at the art and know exactly which classic episode is from, and so they've rendered that one quite well. I want to have a special mention in the creatures because yes, as I said, they've rammed in. Or eight doctors and a, a bucket load of specific companions. But there is a couple that stand out because they're not companions. You've already picked up on the displaced dinosaurs. That is a reference to a third doctor adventure where dinosaurs end up in modern day 1970s London. And so, uh, and it says, as a historic permanent enters the battlefield, remember that could be a saga or a piddly little uh, arts artifact or soul ring or arcane signet. So, any historic permanent entering the battlefield under your control whilst you control this 7-7 dinosaur becomes also a 7-7 dinosaur in addition to its other types. So, it's not a legendary creature, but it basically turns most of the rest of your deck into a 7-7 dinosaur as long as it sticks around. And very flavoursome because that's pretty much what happens in this 1970s televisual adventure. A bunch of dinosaurs <laughs> appearing all throughout modern London. It's brilliant. I love the design. It's amazing Top how down. many things happen uh, in Doctor Who around London. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> go figure. BBC, That's right? That's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I want to talk about is Duggan, private detective. Love this guy. He, but he, I'm not sure he, he oh, I'll look at that. He's legendary because he's a specific character. Uh, but he's not a companion. He's from one specific, very popular episode in, again, I believe the 1970s called City of Death, which was written scripted by none other than Douglas Adams. And in that adventure, Duggan is merely 
one of the main characters, and he's a he's a he's a as you can imagine, written by Douglas Adams. He's he's brilliant and lovable, <laughs> and his special ability here, the most important punch in history, is it's 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 great to read that. There, let me just read you out. He's, he he says, Duggan's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand. Okay, he is a green blue cat creature, so that works. Whenever Duggan enters the battlefield or he the attacks. He investigates. Good, because he's a private detective. Very flavoursome. Then he gets the most important punch in history. For one and a green and tapping, Duggan deals damage equal to twice his power to another target creature, and you can only activate this once. So he gets his one punch, and you better make it a good one, which is very (laughs) flavoursome for what happens in the adventure, not to give anything away. He punches, instead of the doctor saving the day at the end of the story... Duggan saves the day. He literally just scones the villainous monster in the face with a fist, and that's enough to defeat it. And the Doctor brands it the most important punch. He saves history with a classic detective right hook. Nice. So, great card design. I'm going to mention Vreston the Monoptera Leader. Again, not a companion. Legendary creature, though. Okay. Must be a specifically named character from this adventure. This is a 1963 television adventure. So this is going right back to the very beginning, where uh, it was such a groundbreaking episode at the time, because basically the old Doctor, the first Doctor and his companions, in their first series of you know, set of adventures, they land on this completely alien planet. So they're not established much in what Doctor Who actually is at this point. They've done a couple episodes where they've gone into the future, a couple where they've gone into history. It was supposed to be an educational slash imaginative program and at this one they pulled out all the stops and they landed on a totally alien planet with no other human characters there was a bunch of moth-like creatures called the monoptera and a bunch of ant-like creatures called the vortus vortus i think someone's going to correct me on that at any rate the whole long drawn out very hard to really enjoy episode was full of these alien not you know different kinds of communication and design it they really went out there on it and of course it was on no budget whatsoever so it all looks totally rubbish <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, very right imagine <laughs> very imaginative uh, this this picture here of reston monoptera leader is, is, is much better looking than he was ever represented on the <laughs> black and white tv screen yeah yeah my point with this with this guy is though is where's he come from because unlike every other character on this list I don't think anyone's name-checking Vreston. Yep. So it's really interesting to see him here. I feel like they just they designed out the entire deck and then they said, okay, this is really cool for people who like the classic and classic stuff, but they don't actually have a way to win because Vreston is just insanely powerful, I think. It's one of those ones which comes into play with a load of flying insect tokens and they just get bigger. <laughs> so all you got to do is enjoy yourself muck around, putting doctors on the board, companions on the board, recurring them as long as you like until you draw Vreston. Whack down Vreston for a whopping great mana cost and hope that no one wipes the board. Swing in with a bunch of alien insect yeah, no, creatures. No one wipes the board in, in Commander. That never happens. No, it never happens. No, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah. As, as, as the, it stuck out to me as the only card in the entire deck which doesn't really have the, the feels, you know? Uh, it's not one of those ones where you go, yes, I get to play Freston. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you do go, yes, I get to put ten flying insect tokens into play and maybe finish this game. <laughs> yeah, a bit, bit more of an actual magic card rather than a uh, thematic Doctor Who card. That's right. There is there is definitely a few of those where uh, 
it's it's definitely a strong commander card, but they have managed to label it with a cool uh, Doctor Who theme, which we'll, we'll probably get into in a few in a couple of the other decks. You got any other cards from this deck that you're excited about? Uh look, I could obviously pick go through them all individually and keep talking about them. So I'm going to restrain myself because I want to try and slip in <laughs> a chat about the sagas later. I'll just yep. quickly mention the pie in the sky card called Gallifrey Stands. It's an, one yep. of the enchantments. This is this interests me for two reasons. Firstly, Gallifrey Stands is a modern TV series reference. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't is. really belong in the classics, but no, it's from there the because fiftieth anniversary episodes. I think correct. Well done, yep. Shorty. It, but it, it, it's here because this card is all about the pie in the sky. Can we get all thirteen Doctors on the board at the yeah, same time? Yep. It says. Gallifrey Stand, when this card enters the battlefield, return all, all Doctor cards from your graveyard to your hand. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, you can put a Doctor card from your hand straight onto the old battlefield. Then, if you control 13 or more Doctors, you win the game. Now, that's never <laughs> going to happen because you, you've only got eight Doctors in this deck. Yeah, that's right. So, I, I don't... I don't remember. I don't think there's any sort of mind control effects in this deck. But hey, there's the possibility. There, there are in some of the others, especially in the villains one. I suppose. So I suppose there's the possibility that you can do a bit of deck building and slip yeah, this one yeah. in and try to have a deck which uses all thirteen doctors, and you get that win condition going. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that those fiftieth anniversary. I think there was two or three episodes that sort of linked together and. Yeah, the whole big reveal sort of thing at the end when it was, you know, it's, there's 12 of us here and then it's like, oh, no, there's 13 and it's Peter Capaldi sort of <laughs> sneaking in at the end. <laughs> like, oh, it was very, very, very cool. <laughs> All right, we better keep moving and uh, yeah, look yeah, at some yeah. more decks. Yep, would, yep. Would, would you like to talk about one of your decks? Yeah, absolutely, yep. So I'll take the timey-wimey deck. So, yeah, I, I didn't watch the old Doctor Who, uh, like I said, but kicked it off with a new series and so the timey wimey as as you said jmar this is probably the most well-known doctors so this is the the ninth uh, sorry the tenth tenth doctor who is david tennant and rose who is uh billy piper and uh, yeah they were together for quite a long time on the show uh, like three or four seasons i think and then um and had a very heartbreaking uh departure which is represented in uh one of the cards in this set, I can't remember which one it is. I think it's a, is it Farewell? Is that the one? Let's have a look here. But uh, yeah, very, very, very uh, popular uh, period of Doctor Who. So yeah, this is a Jeskai list. So red, white, and blue. And yeah, as, as uh, you said earlier, it is all about manipulating the time counter. So there's heaps of suspend stuff and vanishing cards. Now, I didn't actually realize that vanishing cards also do time counters yes. so there's a lot of stuff in in this deck uh like including the doctor himself where you can time travel so yes. like the the 10th doctor himself has is three three blue and a red he's got alan z which is a, a, a reference to a, his <laughs> catchphrase on the on the show <laughs> and then he has a timey wimey uh, ability which is pay seven mana and you can time travel three times that you activate only as a sorcery so uh, when you time travel, it's it's basically like proliferate for suspend things. It's either you can put counters on something that has a time counter on it, or you can take a counter off. So if you've got uh, things that are suspended, you're probably going to want to be taking counters off. But if you've got things that have vanishing 
on them where they are slowly disappearing over time, you're probably going to be, want to be putting counters on. And, and yeah, I didn't even realize until looking at this set that vanishing is also time, time counters. counters. So it, it can just reference time counters and it it's works the same for suspend or vanishing, which is pretty cool. But yeah, this going through this deck list, it's like, goodness me, there is just so many... <laughs> so it's many a beautiful uh, experience and <laughs> uh you know to- things from episodes and yeah references you know we've got wibbly wobbly timey wimey which just sounds yes. like absolute gibberish but this is a scene from the blink episode with the uh, the weeping angels uh where yeah the doctor is and and there's a a, a quote on the uh the flavor text of the the card that it, that is yeah from uh, David Tennant from from the show, uh, yeah we have farewell, which is when David Tennant's uh, doctor dies and uh, he he as he's sort of going off to die he he utters the phrase I don't want to go and it's like oh goodness me just heartbreaking <laughs> there is one somewhere here. I can't find it but it is where uh, yeah Rose and the doctor. Uh, part ways. Oh, there it is. It's called. No, it's not. Parting of ways. The parting of the ways. So that's not not that. No, one. that's the bad wolf one. That's a different one. But yeah, plenty of plenty of really cool stuff in uh, in this deck. There are actually some really strong cards in here uh, that are likely going to see like play outside of these commander decks. So uh, we have everybody lives, which is a love that. A reference to an episode with the Ninth Doctor, so in the first season in the new set, which is super freaky. Uh, if you go and watch it, people get turned into people with gas masks, like World War Two, I think it is, gas masks. And there's like a little creepy kid that's walking around looking for his mummy, and it's oh, it's it's very creepy. Uh, but there's a big sort of thing towards the end of the episode where where the doctor is like you know not not today every everybody's going to live today like they're they're all going to survive this but yeah this is a super super powerful card that's being talked about quite a lot it's one and a white for an instant all creatures gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn players gain hexproof until end of turn players can't lose life this turn and players can't lose the game or win the game this turn this turn <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate let's just get to next turn, <laughs> sort of like group hug type thing. It's you're comboing off. You're about to win. Ah, uh, no, nah, I'm just going to cast this instant, <laughs> and uh, you can't win. No one can lose. Like, let's just you know keep keep this game going for, <laughs> for a maybe bit longer, this so. fog will be playable. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, this is uh, this is fog to the extreme. So yeah, very, very cool, very strong commander card, but very thematic from a Doctor Who sort of sense. Uh, we've got Gallifrey Falls slash No More. So this Perfect. is a split card. This is also from the 50th anniversary uh, episode. So we've got yeah four red red for Gallifrey Falls, which is an instant deals four damage to each creature. Uh, if a creature dealt damage this way, uh, dealt damage this way would die. You exile it instead, uh, and then it's got No More, uh, which is an instant for two and a white. Any number of target creatures you control phase out. So it is a fuse card, so you can play both sides of it if you want. So you can obviously phase out all your creatures and wipe the board, uh, or you can just yeah, sort of keep all your creatures alive, which is obviously quite strong in Commander with all the uh, the board wipes kicking around. Uh, and then we've got the Pandorica, which is a, a Matt Smith episode. Uh, this is... Well, I can't even find the card now. It's, yeah, down the bottom of the artifacts. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, artifact, two and a white, legendary artifact. You may choose not to untap the Pandorica during your untap step, and you can pay one and a white, tap it, untap another target non-land permanent, then it phases out. It can't phase in for as long as the Pandorica remains tapped. When the Pandorica becomes untapped or leaves the battlefield, that permanent phases in, activate it as a sorcery. So this is removal. You know, you can you can basically lock something down for as long as you want, and then when you go, oh, no, nah, I, don't, I don't care about that threat anymore. I'm going to let uh, let it untap and uh, remove something else. But again, super super strong, but super good reference to the show. The Pandorica yes. is this fancy box that gets built by all of the Doctor's enemies <laughs> to trap the Doctor because they believe that the Doctor is the biggest threat in the universe, and he's what he's causing the universe to blow up. Basically, so they they trick him into this scenario and they trap him in the in the Pandorica, uh, and then there's a whole way that uh, figures out how to get out of there. So, uh, yeah, very cool. <laughs> Bonus points if you manage to use the Pandorica to lock up Rory Williams. Yes. Well, no, well, Rory is outside, isn't it, Amy? No, Amy's the one who ends up inside the Pandorica. What? And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Rory, Rory Hayes. You're right. Because she yeah, needs Rory fixing. Rory s- sits there and waits Minus for a thousand for years and... <laughs> But yeah, we've got uh, yeah all the all the good companions. Uh, Astrid Peth, who is the actress who plays Astrid Peth? Jamie, oh, do that, you know? That, yeah, yeah, that would be uh, Swarth Neighbours actress, famous for Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kylie Minogue manages to sneak onto an episode of Doctor Who. And Kylie Minogue is now to... snuck onto a magic card. I'm sure she's on a magic card. The pinnacle so... of her career. <laughs> yep, yeah, very cool. But... Yeah, Donna, Donna Noble. You know, you got the yeah the tenth, the ninth, and eleventh Doctors as well. So uh, Christopher Eccleston and Matt Smith. Uh, yeah, Rory and Amy. Just yeah, bunch bunch of good stuff. The face of Bo. Ah, yes. Sally Sally Sparrow from the uh, the Weeping Angels. It's uh, yeah, very 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 cool. So hang on, hang on. Where's Captain Jack? Is he here? No, he's not. Where's Captain Jack? Is he in the other mm. one? There's no, got to be a Captain Jack. <laughs> Maybe Outrage. he's too good looking to put on a magic card. Oh, no. Got to have Captain Jack. <laughs> well, he's the face of so, Bo. Yeah, very, so. very, very, very cool. Yeah, well, the, yeah, well that is the face <laughs> of Bo, Captain Jack. We, we do not know. Unconfirmed. Can, can I give a special shout out to Go the Trenzalore Clock Tower? Yep. As a legendary land. Tap to add blue, put a time counter on it. And then you can do one and blue and tap it and then remove 12 time counters from the Translore Croc Tower to exile it and then shuffle your graveyard and hand into your library and draw seven cards. Activate only if you control a Time Lord. And, of course, we uh, that references the point at which Matt Smith, Doctor, the final Doctor, is uh, reborn into the Peter Capaldi 13th Doctor. Because he'd run mm. out of regenerations, he'd run out of lives, theoretically, and so he was. But without going into the details, he was gifted a renewal of all of his lives, and th- I think this card represents that moment quite nicely. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I just like things like uh, there's a bunch of talismans in these decks as well, and they they're all represented by different things. You know, you've got like. Uh, <laughs> 
David Tennant wearing some 3D goggles. There's like Peter Capaldi's <laughs> electric guitar and and different things like that. So yeah, very very, very cool. So we could we could definitely go through every single one of these cards and get excited about the uh, the episode that it's from. But uh, no, let's move on. You you got another deck you want to go through? Ah uh, yes, I get to talk about the villains, masters of evil, which is a dreadfully fun-looking deck full of very expensive to cast, dastardly creatures and plans, recognisable foes from both classic and modern series, and a lot of payoff for working with artifact creatures. As those who are familiar with the show would appreciate, there are a lot of Daleks and a lot of Cybermen in this deck, and both of those very much count as artifact creatures in the world of magic. So there is a keyword which is uh, represented on many of these uh, cards, deliciously so. It is called Villainous Choice. Because a lot of the bad guys, the fun, recognisable bad guys in Doctor Who history are classic villains, you know, they are megalomaniacs that, you know, in, in, uh, that, that you love to hate. Um, with their big plans, they—they're they, all ripped. The, the flavor of these cards is mostly brilliant, and a lot of them give you give the player, the uh, the cards owner, the ability the, the the ability to make their opponents choose a vi- make a villainous choice to choose between which is the lesser evil that they want as a result of this trigger. So, for example, uh well, the commander of the deck is. Davros, who is the creator of the Daleks, uh, and his he offers a villainous choice. What does it say here? At the beginning of your end step, create a Dalek, blah, 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 blah. It has all these things. Then each opponent who lost three or more life this turn face a villainous choice. So each opponent who lost to- three life this turn, they must choose between you drawing a card or they themselves discarding a card. That's a fairly simple Illness choice, but it, uh, it's an interesting choice to make. I, I like, from what I can see, all of these villainous choices are interesting choices. Uh, the Dalek Emperor, the villainous choice is each uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, each opponent faces a villainous choice. That player sacrifices a creature they control, or you create a 3 3 black Dalek artifact creature token with menace. So give you a a solid artifact creature, or sacrifice their own white, white, one, one, white unit soldier. Perhaps uh, this is how it ends. Now, which one is that? There's some of the better villainous choices are from spells. This is how it ends. It's a pretty generic removal creature. It's a uh, removal spell. Sorry, it's black and three. It's instant, and it says target creature's owner shuffles it into their library. This, by the by, this is one of those angels that you were referencing before. So <laughs> yes. instead of Rory killing the creature, sent back in time, <laughs> it's Rory exactly. And instead of killing the creature, the angel disappears the creature back into time, back into the library. Great flavor. But then the owner of that creature faces a villainous choice. They must lose five life. Wow. Or shuffle another creature they own into their library. So the angel will could take both Rory and uh, Amy. Or they could suffer a five-life hit. So I like the flavor of that card. The Great Intelligence's plan. Ooh, I could give you a lot of backstory on the Great Intelligence. That goes right back to the (laughs) 1960s, but exists in the modern series as well. Yes. But it's simply a a very expensive sorcery spell. Four black and blue. Draw three cards. Then 
target opponent faces a villainous choice. They must discard three cards or allow you to cast a spell from your hand without paying its mana cost. And given what you could have drawn into, in this deck there's a load of very expensive bombs. That is a tough villainous choice indeed. Uh, and lastly, I'll mention the Valyard, or Valyard, depending on what side of the planet you're on. The Valyard is a classic villain from the 6th Doctor era when they did something experimental, they did something different. They had the entire series, much like in the modern series, actually, the entire season was interlinked. So they had four separate adventures, but it was interlinked with this overarching story whereby the Doctor was on trial in the courtroom. It was a courtroom drama, believe it or not, uh, and the Time Lords had him on trial for interfering unduly with uh, things outside of the Time Lords, it basically for meddling in the affairs of other planets. Uh, the Valyard was the, cl- was the classic bad guy. He was the prosecutor. I don't think I need to spoil any more of that story for you because I know you're going to want to watch it. <laughs> the, but, he, but he's great. And his little effect here is if an opponent would face a villainous choice, they face that choice an additional time. Equally, while voting, you may vote an additional time. So this is a commander thing. There are a number of cards, I think, across all the decks, which do include a bit of uh, multiplayer voting. And so the Valyard forces you to double your choices, double your decision-making and double your voting. I think that's very on character with him, actually. Yeah, very cool. Yep. So... I want to mention, yes, the Daleks and the Cybermen. They, th- th- this deck packs a punch. If you can get some of the some of the Daleks on board or some of the Cybermen on board, there's a lot of reward for it. A lot of these artifact creatures have myriad, which I had to look up. It's a commander keyword. It means if this creature is attacking someone, then you can create, you can temporarily create duplicate tokens of that creature so that the, a copy of that creature attacks every other opponent. I believe. Yep. Is that what yep. that means? Right. So yeah, pretty if, much. Yep. If you've got yeah, one you attack, Dalek, attack one player and then you create a token that's attacking, attacking every other, other player. Yeah. So yep. you just got to make sure you can attack the player which can't block your creature and then every other player you get a free hit on. Um, yep. And so there are a number of Daleks that have myriad attacks attached to them and you end up with a load of Daleks around. It's fantastic. It's flavor there. But I'm looking here at Cyberman Squadron. Very expensive, seven colorless mana, five five Cyberman artifact creature, and it says non-legendary artifact creatures you control, which are most Cybermen and Daleks, they all get get myriad. So that gifts myriad to to them all. But there's another one here which gifts what what's the what what's the really painful keyword that d- delivers uh, it loss it inflicts loss of life on the defender. If you choose to block the creature, Got no idea. <laughs> it was it was you block this creature and it does two damage to yeah okay. the, 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 the the player that you're attacking. At any rate, I don't know I don't know which one of these cards has has got it on there, but there uh, there is one of them basically. Oh, here it is: Cyberman Patrol. For just two, you get a two-two Cyberman, single Cyberman creature, but he gifts all artifact creatures afflict three. So, ah, yes. so all you got to do is drop this guy when your board's choked up with a bunch of Dalek drones or something, and then suddenly they've all got to flick three, and they're being myriaded left, right, and center, and you're dealing yeah. damage whether, <laughs> whether whether you block them or not, because all Daleks are three threes basically. So that sounds very hit. evil. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> other cards of note. Would you believe 
that in this villainous deck, there is a companion of the Doctor. Is there really? Yes, there what is. We've got an ear. Ah. If you look closely, you will see that for three and a black, there is a companion of the Doctor called Vizlor Turlo. Ooh, I, I love this. This is I close to be this, this companion. Yeah, he's from the fifth Doctor era. Okay. This is close to close to being my favourite card design in the entire set because they had the balls to design this character as he should be, and that is a, a, a treacherous person who made a deal with the Black Guardian in order to backstab the Doctor after the Doctor accepted him as a companion. Right. Okay. And he stuck around. You know, the, the the log story is that you know he got over it. He he, he got away. The Doctor helped him. Get out of his deal with the Black Guardian, and ultimately he learned. You know, he he worked out the Doctor was a cool guy to hang out with for a while. But <laughs> he learned but his I, lesson. Yep. He learned he learned his lesson exactly. But this is a great card, and it really captures the captures the guys. And he is one of those creatures in Magic that you can gift the opponent because it's not cool to have. <laughs> I like it. So he's two five. <laughs> he does a deal with the Black Guardian, and when he enters the battlefield, you may have opponent gain control of him. If you do this, it's goaded for as long as they control it, which basically means he has to attack someone, but not you. Each time, it's time to attack. Uh, at the beginning of your, your end step, which is now the person who's controlling him, draw a card. Then lose life equal to the number of cards in your hand. So you're basically, you can choose, you don't have to, you can choose to give Turlo to an opponent to force them to draw cards and lose life from however many cards they have in hand. So it feels like a great card to gift to someone who's got seven cards in their hand. Mm. Going to kill them pretty quick. Yeah, it could do. Uh, anyway, it's great. it's great card design. Right above that in the list is the Rani. This is another one I'd like to talk about because she is a renegade Time Lord, like the Master. Uh, shorty. Yes, there is. There are many masters in this. There are many masters, set. so it's, it's worth many mentioning reincarnations we, we of the master. I, I, I don't think I'll go to the trouble of, look, of, of of breaking down the masters, but the Rani is like the master, a renegade time lord from the classic series. For some reason, they haven't been inspired to bring her back, but this card really captures her well. She's got all three colours because she's a smart cookie, right? So she is blue, black, and red. She's untrustworthy, and she's evil. Whenever she enters the battlefield or attacks, create a red aura enchantment token called Mark of the Rani and attach it to another creature. That creature gets bigger, badder, and is goaded, so it has to attack. It's basic. I don't know. I don't remember the name of the classic enchantment card that force that forces creatures to attack and makes them big, but it's that on tap, and she starts putting them left, right, and center. And this is beautiful card design because that's what she does in the classic episode called Mark and the Rani. She's working on a formula that increases aggression, uh, and it gets out of control and they get too aggressive, etc, etc. Whenever a goaded creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, investigate. That captures the scientist part of her character. So uh, this one really stood out to me as being a great top-down design of a classic villain. Now you want a card that is... All of these decks have their, you know, small handful of oops, I've won the game commander cards, right? The one one of those in this deck is called the Flood of Mars. Do you remember the Flood of Mars from the classic series, yeah, uh, the modern series? Yep. Well, have yep. A, this is a great card design for that. Uh, two and a blue, two and two blues for a three-three alien zombie horror. That's very much the water in yeah. the Flood of Mars. Pe- people it has, with water just constantly pouring out of them. Yeah, people with water. They're basically water zombies, uh, and it's infectious. It's hideously infectious. Uh, this 
Alien Zombie Horror, Water's, Water Zombie Horror has Island Walk, appropriately so, and with the ability Water Always Wins, it, it gets to, uh, whenever this creature attacks, put a flood counter on another creature or a land. If it's a creature, it becomes a copy of the Flooded Mars. So that represents the flood spreading. And if it's a land, it becomes an island. So you get the island walk payoff. One attack, nice. you can gift an island to your opponent and you can start spreading the island walk amongst your other uh, creatures. So uh, th- yeah, that's, very that's cool. a very neat good design. Little, it's very good design, exactly. Mm. Yeah, cool. Cool deck. There's like I just love that you've got in your spells, you know, you've got... Cyber conversion, which is what the Cybermen do. They, it's got, we've got delete, which is what the Cybermen say. Don't blink, exterminate. Obviously, that's uh, the the all time classic from the uh, the Daleks. I do like yeah, also we've got we've got a, a Dalek drone here now. <laughs> Daleks are always like uh, before I got into watching Doctor Who, I always thought. Daleks are so stupid. Like you just walk up some <laughs> stairs and they can't get you. Like what? What are they going to do? They just roll around on the little wheels or whatever. And in one of the first, or the first time we saw the Daleks in the new series when it came back, they played that scenario out. They were getting chased by some Daleks and they ran into a stairwell. And these people ran up some stairs and then kind of like waited for a bit. And the Daleks came into the stairwell and was like, "Oh boy, well, you you know, the Dalek can't get you now. You're up some stairs. You're all good." And all of a sudden, the Dalek just floated up into the air. And, and the flavor text on this card is a picture of a flying Dalek is elevate. Elevate. <laughs> just, just so good. It's like, yeah, let's just lean into the uh, the classic trope of Daleks not being able to go upstairs. Put that into a show and then, uh, yeah, solve the problem. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, okay, flying Daleks. Yeah, that's 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 pretty scary. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Daleks, I will mention one of the sagas from this deck. It is Genesis of the Daleks, which even if you haven't paid much attention to the classic series, I'm sure you're aware that this is the ultimate uh, classic series Dalek story. Which in which the fourth Doctor was tasked by the Time Lords to travel back to the creation of the Daleks. It's where we first meet Davros as a character. And the story is represented marvellously by this saga. It is four and two blacks, so it's expensive. And for the first, th- what do you call stages? Yeah, first three stages of the saga. Yeah, cha- chapters are cha- called. First three chapters of the saga, you create a new 3-3 black Dalek artifact creature token with Menace. For each law counter on Genesis of the Daleks. So three chapters in, if I'm not mistaken, you've got six Daleks that yep. have been yeah, created one, by then Genesis. Two, then three. Yep. Yep. By, created by Genesis of the Daleks. But then the last chapter, chapter four, says target opponent faces a villainous choice. And this is the choice that the Doctor had to make. Destroy all Dalek creatures and each of your opponents loses life equal to the total number of Daleks that died this turn. Total power of Daleks that died this turn. So it could be 18, yeah. So mm-hmm. you can choose to destroy all of your Daleks and deal that damage just straight to their face, or you can choose to destroy all non-Dalek creatures. So you, you've got uh, two one side, two single side, uh, two two wraths to choose from. But the, the opponent yep. must make that choice, not you. They can choose to have all of their non-Dalek creatures killed, or choose to kill all of your Dalek creatures and take a bucket load of power damage to the face. Definitely a villainous choice. <laughs> it was the choice faced by the Doctor in this episode. Classic. It's like one of the ultimate classic scenes where he sits there and he has, he says, do I have the right, having travelled back to the start of the Daleks, to basically commit genocide here, even though we know that they become this thing 
they're in their infancy right now. Do I have this right? And so it was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Move on. All right. Well, I'll get into the last deck. So Paradox Power. So this is the teamer list. So red, green, and blue. And, yeah, this is looking at the most recent Doctors, not including the one that we haven't seen yet, the uh, who will be the, the 14th Doctor. But the uh, yeah, the, the main uh, commander is the 13th Doctor, who's Jodie Whittaker, so the first female Doctor that we got to see, which was... Had a some surrounded by a little bit of controversy when it yeah. when it happened, but she did a fantastic job. Was was yes. really good. Yes, uh, and her yeah her companion Yasmin Khan, and yeah sort of follows the twelfth. We've got the twelfth Doctor in there as well, so sort of follows yeah Peter Capaldi's and uh, all his different uh, companions that we don't have. Who's oh, missing? We do have yeah Clara. I thought Clara was missing. Yeah, but no, we do have Clara Oswald. Oh, you here. can't miss Clara. Yeah, although Clara was with uh, with Matt Smith as well. There was a bit of uh, crossover there, but yeah, following the more recent Doctors, uh, I didn't enjoy the more recent seasons as much as the uh, the ones before then. But yeah, still quite good, and still had uh, plenty of cool storylines and plenty of cool moments in them. So uh, yeah, a few cards from this one. I'll, I might fly through this one a little bit quicker. We are getting a little bit long as we thought uh-huh. we would. <laughs> <Mr. Jamon. laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, someone likes to talk about Doctor Who. Uh, we have Riversong. So Riversong is is actually the Doctor's wife. So she marries uh, the Matt Smith Doctor, actually, uh, but then he's played out a fair bit in the uh, the Twelfth Doctor's series. So uh, she's uh, one blue and a red for a two-two, and she's a human Time Lord rogue. She's not technically a Time Lord, but uh, uh... she does a lot of time travel. So she has a (laughs) (laughs) yes, spoilers, very fitting. Uh, Yeah, she has a device that she can do some time traveling. But her yeah, her abilities meet in reverse. You draw three cards. Yeah, sorry, you draw cards from the bottom of your library rather than the top. I don't think we've (laughs) ever seen that in Magic before. That is very very strange. Uh, And she also has spoilers, which is her favorite saying. Uh, Whenever an opponent scries, surveils, or searches their library, put a plus one plus one counter on Riversong, then Riversong deals damage to that player equal to its power. So, Commander, four players, you've got a lot of people searching their library, scrying, surveilling, all that sort of stuff. She's going to be getting pretty strong pretty quick, and every time they do it, they get punched in the face by, uh, by Riversong. So, if, you, if you've seen the show, you know so Riversong is Doctor Who's wife, but she... She travels mostly on her own uh, with her own time-travelling device and kind of does things backwards. <laughs> she has a diary, which is also represented uh, in this deck. We have Riversong's diary, and uh, every time she bumps into the Doctor, it's always a case of, okay, where are we in time? Where, where are we up to? And they're, they're sort of going in, in time in, in different directions, which is quite interesting. Uh, we've got Flatline, which is a, uh, a spell uh, from an episode where people get sucked into the walls and uh, become basically paintings stuck in the walls. Yeah. Uh, So this is two and a blue for an instant. Creatures your opponents control have base power and toughness 0-1 until end of turn. So very strong in commander. Again, there's always people uh, doing combos, trying to kill you with massive creatures, crater hoofs, all that sort of stuff. And if you can just go, nah, you just got a bunch of zero ones for the turn and all your your plans go on is, is always pretty good. In Commander, uh, also allowing you to win potentially through that way by making all your opponents uh, O1s. Uh, and then we have Osgood. So Osgood is uh, not a companion, 
just a character in uh, in the newer series. Uh, plays a big part in the uh, the fiftieth anniversary episodes and has a a double in. Uh, oh, I can't remember what those creatures are called that copy the, uh, the people, but Zygons. That's it. Uh, so she is Osgood Operation Double. Uh, four mana, uh, two blue blue for a two two. When you cast this spell, create a token that's a copy of it, except it isn't legendary. And has tap at a colorless. Spend this mana only to cast an artifact spell or activate an ability of an artifact. And has an ability paradox. Whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, investigate. So yeah, the the main theme of this deck is paradox. there's a whole bunch of adventures, uh, foretelling, cascading. There's a bit of suspending. There's rebounding, retracing, a lot of that sort of stuff. So you're doing a lot of for casting things from from zones other than your hand, uh, and then you have a bunch of things that sort of give you bonuses for for doing that. You know, when you when you cast a spell uh, from a place other than your hand, you deal extra damage, or you draw cards, or you investigate, or or whatever. So, yeah, very cool theme, and uh, yeah, a bunch of very cool cards in here as well. Any you want to highlight from this set? Oh or this yes. Deck? Yep. Oh yes. Oh, look. Um, a quick, easy one for me. Uh, this was actually in the other Doctor deck as well, I think. No, the other modern one. Psychic Paper. I think this yes. is a fantastic, flavorful design, <laughs> if not very impactful card. Uh, it is an artifact equipment for just two mana and equipping for two. And it says, whenever this becomes attached to a creature, choose a creature card name and a creature type. The equipped creature gets Ward 1. It can't be blocked. And its name and creature type are the last chosen name and creature type. So obviously you can reattach it and rename it. So this is make they've found some funny words to say. Basically, you can't have give it multiple names and accumulate multiple names. But uh, ultimately, you're just giving it a quick ward. You're making sure it can't be blocked because it's got psychic paper, which you know gives you permission to enter spaces. Good flavor there, and it could be any name. Just any card name you like and any creature type that you like. So it's not just a shapeshifter gift. It's also a card. It's 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 it, it, it's like it belongs in the unsets. You can change yes. the creature card name, and I'm sure there's from plenty. the from the show is is perfect because yeah, the, the doctor just has this paper. has this little notebook effectively that's blank. It it just has a white piece of paper in it, but it is psychic paper, and he just flashes it at people, and it see it shows them what. What they th- basically what they think it should say, so he uses it to get into places all the time. It's like you know, turn up here. Oh, you're not meant to be here, and he'll flash this bit of paper, and they'll go, "Oh, sorry, Inspector. sir, such and such, yeah. Yeah, or Inspector, or whatever." Like, yep, come on in, and yeah, it's how he sort of gets through into places where he uh, where he shouldn't be. And so, uh, yeah, very cool. So very 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 thematic. All right, so that's the decks. I think you got a few other cards you want to run through. Well, if we've got time, sir, I yeah, would like go, to go, pick pick a few and we'll go through. I'm gonna. I, I want to. I, I do want to have a shout out to a couple more sagas from across the decks because uh, for me, the sagas are where it's at. They're specifically designed to encompass one of the more popular stories from the from the the show's history. I've mentioned a couple to get here. Let's talk about Blink. <laughs> yes. You mentioned it before. That's a brilliant design. That. For that series, I just got to find it. Oh, it's in the it's in yep. the Masters of I've Evil deck. So it's yeah, it's two two blue black for a uh, saga chapter one. This it's really weird. Uh, mm. I've heard other people talk about this podcast. It's it's chapter one and chapter three. 
it has an ability, and then it's got Chapter 2 and Chapter 4. Is this the ability. first saga where we've had the out chapters of sort of out of order, <laughs> sort of jumping back I think and so. forth? Yep. Which makes sense for the that. episode. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. Like, does. It, it makes sense, but it's going to confuse people. But So Chapter 1 and Chapter 3, choose target creature. Its owner shuffles it into their library, then investigates. So, yep, as you were saying before, the Weeping Angels, they touch people and they send them back in time. Uh, and in the episode, there's a whole lot of investigating going on, trying to figure out what's going on. And then chapters two and four create a 2-2 black alien angel artifact creature token with first strike, vigilance, and whenever an opponent casts a creature spell, this permanent isn't a creature until end of turn. Why is that relevant? Because <laughs> if you observe the angel, they can't move. Mm. They just uh, so look like statues. They just look like statues. So uh, I like yep. it. It, 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 it. It's 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 almost a very ineffective creature in a it magic is. situation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> From a magic sense, it is completely useless. So all your opponents need to do is cast a spell, and then it's just not a creature. But but they are but they are busy perfectly. disappearing some yep. uh, some of your opponent's creatures from the board. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So another one worth mentioning is uh, Heaven Sent, which is uh, one of my favourite. All-time favourites from the modern series, uh, from Peter Capaldi. This I don't know if you know this one off the top of your head, Shorty, but this is the one where he gets stuck in a Time Lord prison. And yes, he's yes. He's going through the endless loops, trying yep, yep. to break out of the endless loop. And without yep. going into the details of the episode, this saga represents this perfectly. He spends the first two chapters simply investigating. So it's blue and red, so it's, an, it's a very affordable saga. And chapters one and two, investigate. Just trying to work out what's going on. And the chapter three says, Heaven Sent deals one damage to each opponent. Then, if an opponent has zero or less life. So basically, if you've defeated an opponent, one of your multiple opponents, you draw seven cards. Otherwise, exile Heaven Sent and you may recast it this turn. So it's great. It's either going to win go you the back game. In the loop again. <laughs> it's going to incremental, just like in the episode, it's going to very incrementally win you the game. Or get, or you're going to get out. You know, as soon as you get one of your opponents, you're out. You're escaped, and you get seven cards, and you're way ahead. And I think yep. it's beautiful card design, top down, representing what happens in that episode in that time yeah, or prison. Good. Yep. All right. Maybe maybe one more will do us. Day of the Doctor. Please, thank you, Shorty. Uh, <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Where is it? All right. I've got I've got this one. So this is three red white. Uh, this is the War Doctor. It's represented on this card here. Yay! Which again, which is part of the uh, the fiftieth anniversary episode. This is John Hurt. Uh, chapters one, two, and three. Exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a legendary card. You may play that card for as long as the day of the Doctor remains on the battlefield. Put the rest of those exiled cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then chapter four. Choose up to three Doctors. You may exile all other creatures. If you do, the Day of the Doctor deals 13 damage to you. So I feel this very nicely uh, sort of portrays this. The, the, what, what's going on well, in this, this is, episode. This is where the Doctor had a choice. He had the choice to he exile did. all Time Lords and uh, all Daleks, basically, to end the war, to remove everyone that was playing in the war. And that was the decision, that was the choice that he had to make. But uh, choose up to three doctors. So it, this allows for what happens in the episode, which is there were three doctors that crossed time streams in order to resolve the situation. Yes. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Very, very well done. There's, uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, we could go through 
every card in this set. You know, when when we went through the the Warhammer the 40k decks, it was yeah, it was pretty cool. It's like there's a there's a lot of lore here, there's a lot of history, there's a lot of cool cards, whatever. Doctor Who is just way deeper <laughs> than that, and it's just there is just so much that they can fill all these cards with. So many cool uh, characters and storylines and locations and just things that happen in in the show, and they've absolutely knocked it out of the park on on this one from from my point of view. It's very, it's clear. It's very clear that these sets and these card designs have been created very much from a position of love. Uh, I think the whole the, the team of designers on this have, have have put their heart and soul into knocking this one out of the park, and I think that's clear. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to getting my hand on these and uh, just, I mean, just looking through the cards and just you know remembering. Remembering all the different things, and then I'll be sleeving them up. And the plan is that uh, we're actually hoping to stream playing all four of the decks next week. Uh, I'm still waiting on confirmation from some of the beans to make sure that we can actually do that. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can get all four decks together. We can get on stream, we can jam some games, and we can reminisce some of the cool things that we've seen as well. Cracker is a reasonable Doctor Who fan, and uh, yeah, Chewie's seen a few bits and pieces here and there, so... Yeah, should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Any other ones you want to mention, or anything else on the way out the door, J Mud? I've just stumbled across a card which I hadn't noticed before. Now it's called All of History All at Once, and I think it's my new favourite card. <laughs> it's it's two and two blues. It's a sorcery, and it simply says time travel, which, uh, as you explained, gives them the ability to add a time counter or remove a time counter from all cards with time counters on it. And then it simply says, Storm. <laughs> so it's time travel with a storm, with a storm uh, keyword. Yep. like it a lot because that's, you know, you're going to set up your suspense <laughs> and your rebounds. They're all going to come into play. And then you go time travel. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm playing that, that card. I'm looking forward to that card. <laughs> uh, I would have liked if it was just... Just those words. No, no, no reminder text on it. Just no, time exactly. travel, Just storm. Time travel, storm. <laughs> so I, I, I've got timey wimey right up the top in, in terms yep. of decks that I want to play. I, lo- yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love all of the decks, but the one I want to play is timey wimey. How about you, Shorty? What? Which one do you want yeah, to play? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. No, I mean, mostly from a nostalgia point of view. Like, yeah, I, I just would love to play with all those cards. I think possibly the villains deck, maybe. Maybe the strongest, but it's I don't know. pretty I'm, brutal. I'm, I'm a, it looks brutal. Yeah, I'm not enough of a commander player to know really what is super strong. But I mean, just looking at the prices of some of these cards, they uh, seems like there's some pretty good value in uh, in these sets. So how does it work? Because cards because it's a commander deck, so you're buying it. It's a pre-constructed deck. They all say they're all rare. Some of them say, okay, this is a, 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 a this is an uncommon, but there, there's no rarity here. You get every card every time you uh, te- buy the deck. Technically, no, but there still is rarity. There's rarity because they pr- they print them in like uh, collectors boosters and things like that. But they they will always have rarity because rarity matters for you know things like pauper and uh, those other yes. types of formats as well. So, are there any commons? Uh, I don't know. Maybe sure, the mind stone yep. there. There's a there's a cultivate. Yeah, that's a common stone. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> okay, I guess yep. there are some commons. 
but yeah, definitely some good value in these decks. Uh, you, you can still get them pretty cheap. But, I mean, it was the same with the Warhammer decks. They were reasonably priced when they first came out. And then once they stop printing them, that's kind of it. And they just increase in value because there's a bunch of cards in here that will only be in these sets or the collector's boosters. So they're going to be maintaining a pretty decent amount of value uh, as well as just really good mana bases in these. A bunch of temples. You've got a bunch of the... Like Horizon lands. Canopy style lands, and uh, like all the new ones of those got put in the Modern Master set, so they're all, well, most of them are worth a decent amount. Uh, check lands and and various other things, so yeah, heaps of heaps of good staples in here as well. So definitely worth picking up. But yeah, I'll be putting them in sleeves and leaving them as is, and uh, yeah, yeah, playing with them every now and then. So it's worth mentioning that the collectors packs that they are launching alongside these things. They offer the opportunity for you to open up serialized doctor cards with alt yeah, art yeah, on them. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So they've gone down this path before Magic quite a bit now, where uh, you know uh, there's added value to the collectability of some of these cards because they've got literally a serial number on it. This is yeah, card I think the doctor fifty or five hundred. One of five hundred. Yep. Yeah, ballpark. Yeah. So yep. um, if that's your thing, then go nuts with the collector's packs. But I can't imagine why you would want to open them up if you weren't looking for the uh, serialized cards. Yeah, I think you're probably just looking for yeah serialized cards and alt arts of the cards that are going to be expensive from the set, basically, and just pick up a bunch of Commander Staples. Or, you know, you're just a whale with too much money. and <laughs> Build like more aggressive Commander packs. decks with your Doctor Who flavored cards. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, so that is going to do us for this week. Uh, yeah, the usual wrap-up. We do have our league still ticking along, J-Mud. Uh, another couple of weeks left to go in that, so make sure you get in and play some matches. I, I still need to play a few more. I've, I've done a few, but definitely need to get in for some more. So that finishes, or the Stage 1 finishes on Monday the 23rd, so you've got effectively a week and a half to try and get as many matches done as you can go, go, go. Uh, before we kick off into Stage 2. Uh, if you want to uh, join us to chat about Doctor Who stuff or get in on our future events, come and join us in the Discord. The link for that is in the show notes as well as a link for the merch store and Josh and Pat's MTB, MTG Bazaar. If you want to find us anywhere, you can just go to magicbeanscast.com and you'll find our links for YouTube, Facebook, Twitch and Twitter. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter slash X, I am at Peace Inc. And you are J-Mud. I'm not really on X all that much anymore <laughs> so if you want to chat to me pop into the discord and uh, i'll discord. see you there exactly i'll create yep. a doctor who channel sounds good all right well yeah thank you very much for uh, joining us jamie it's always a pleasure to have you on here and uh, i'm sure we'll find another topic in the future to get you back on for and uh, as always huge huge thanks for the work you put in with the uh, the tracking of our tournament series because my pleasure uh, that means I don't have to do it, so it's uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, that's going to do us for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Cue theme song. <laughs>